Do you suffer from numbness, tingling, burning, or pain in your feet and legs? It could be caused by something as simple and common as a vitamin B1 deficiency. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a solution for low B1, Zobria by O'Share Health. Zobria is a safe, effective, and clinically proven nutritional supplement containing a high-potency bioactive form of vitamin B1, which has been shown to reverse symptoms caused by low B1 with no side effects. Low B1 causes your nerve cells in your feet and legs to stop functioning properly. may also contribute to forgetfulness, loss of mental focus, fatigue, and loss of appetite. Restoring proper B1 levels has been shown to reverse these symptoms. You can get Zobria now with new lower pricing, risk-free, by going to Z-O-B-R-I-A dot com or by calling 1-855-ZOBRIA-8. That's Zobria.com or 1-855-962-7428. Get 20% off the new lower price with coupon code Hoffman at checkout plus free shipping. Zobria.com. Vitamin B1 perfected. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, today with Layla Newton because it's our weekly Q&A with Layla. We don't want to let you down, even though it is the holiday season. We're going to complete one final Q&A for 2021, Good Riddance 2021. It wasn't better than 2020. Remember how excited we were to, for 2020 to pass, and we were yeah. looking forward to 2021. It was yeah. going to be so much better, but uh, yeah. it didn't really quite pan mm-hmm. out, especially where we're at uh, at this holiday time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not uh, despairing. I mean, I, I picked up the paper uh, this morning. I checked the uh, front page of the New York Times for mm-hmm. statistics on COVID, because every day they publish a COVID map. Ah. And it shows the number of cases and the number of hospitalizations and the number of deaths. And it shows like, it's like highlighted, color coded for each state, you know, where, where it's happening. And uh, I already know that COVID uh, Omicron is rampant in New York. The mm. reason I know is because so many of my patients, even though it's, it's kind of a shortened week, yeah. uh, have been emailing me with, I've got COVID. What do I do? What do I do? Oh. And, I tell you, the vast majority of them have had at least a couple of vaccines, and many have been boosted, and they have Omicron. Uh, they have wow. relatively minor symptoms. None are really sick. That's good. They've been vaccinated. They have, they're, they're tanked up on all the things we give them, you know, vitamin yeah. D and zinc yeah. and, you know, quercetin and all the things we do. And so, but they're getting sick. And the latest statistic shows that one in 50 New Yorkers mm-hmm. has COVID. That's a pretty high statistic. Wow. So nationally, uh, as of this morning, so this is uh, Tuesday, uh, December 28th. Mm-hmm. Now, cases are up 108%. Wow. But deaths are down 5%. Terrific. So what does that tell you? What does it, it tell It tells you? us that it's going to be all right, everybody. Yeah. And the deaths are mm-hmm. also very likely a lagging indicator. They're likely people who are dying of Delta ah. because the Delta was prevalent, you know, three, four weeks ago. And it usually takes three or four weeks for a person to die of COVID. Ah, right. Uh, because they, they languish, you know, then they, they, they fail and then they go on a respirator and then they can, they can sustain them for, you know, a week or two on the respirator and then they yeah. lose the fight yes. and they succumb. So, um, 
I would say most of these deaths are due to Delta. I don't see a lot of statistics on people dying from Omicron. I guess it's going to be possible because some people sure. die from a regular uh, cold, you know, in a, in a you know, yeah. regular uh, cold and flu season. Right. Or a regular flu. So die from pneumonia. So I'm not daunted by these statistics. Also, what I see from South Africa is uh, a spike, a big spike. They had their spike a couple of weeks ago. Major spike in cases. And it went up and it went down just as rapidly. It wow. just really went down fast. So they were ahead of us. It originated possibly in Africa. We don't know. And um, now we're here. And especially, you know, New York catches in the teeth before the rest of the United States. It will spread to the rest of the United States. You know, it'll just, you know, New York is very like yeah. a port of entry kind of place. <laughs> and, um, you know, we're going to experience it. Statue Although, of Liberty lets some viruses. Yes. Bring me your <laughs> new variant. <laughs> yeah. Your your huddled variants your yearning huddled, to <laughs> to go free. <laughs> to bring. In, in people's nasal passages. Oh, right. Right. So yeah. it's we welcome all, you know, uh, new visitors mm-hmm. to New York. Yes. <laughs> we, spirit of hospitality. So, look, people freaked out. Uh, there, mm-hmm. there's sort of like this intimation of lockdowns again, but I think people are losing their appetite for lockdowns and, uh, there are mandates, but I think this may be the, may break the back of the mandates and the lockdowns mm. in, in 2022. I think there's some people who are. That's your prediction? Yeah. People are reverting to form, I think, because they reflexly do that whenever the statistics climb. But I think that... Um, but I think there might be another variant. Oh, there may be additional variants. So yeah. I don't think I don't think it's going to well, that, that could go be. away. That could be. But uh, here's the thing. Uh, Omicron, uh, with a lot of people getting Omicron, I think there will be more uh, hybrid immunity because most people are vaccinated and even boosted. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to get Omicron. And that's going to offer more complete immunity to whatever comes down the pike. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it can't be a completely different organism. It may be, it may evade some aspects of immunity. Yeah. But, you know, we're really putting the, the uh, coronavirus to a test to see how rapidly it can adapt mm-hmm. and mutate. It's doing a pretty damn good job. Yeah. It is yeah. real well, son of a gun. Mm-hmm. But uh, it does appear that... The Omicron lost some uh, virulence, which means the severity of infections it can cause, mm-hmm. in order to enhance its transmissibility. It's, as I predicted, it can't do, the virus can't do everything. It can't kill you rapidly and be more transmissible. It just no. doesn't have that much uh, genetic uh, material yeah. to do all things. Mm-hmm. So it, you, you, you like, it's like, for example, humans evolved to use their brains. Well, humans have about one quarter of the strength of chimpanzees. Put a like a hundred pound chimpanzee in a rink with a heavyweight champion of the world. He'll beat the crap out of the heavyweight champion of the world. Really? Because they're so much stronger. They, 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 but humans lost strength (coughs) in order to have better brains, but you can't Ah. have it all because Mm -hmm. to have enormous musculature and enormous brains, you'd have to have so much more food. Yes. And it, that's the limiting factor on, you know, you can't have it all. Yeah. It's sort of like the economy. You want every, you want everything. You know, you can't have everything. Right. At the same time. Yeah. Oh. So anyway, so at the risk of, 
not talking about COVID, because we always talk about COVID, uh, and we will probably have some questions about COVID. By the way, let's give out the number or the, the uh, destination for questions. It's, it's radio program at AOL.com. That's radio program at AOL.com. I have here a blockbuster study, and the context of that is that uh, for as long as you've worked with me and prior to even mm-hmm. to you working with me, I've always endeavored to treat osteoporosis naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drugs have been around for 30 years, mm-hmm. and I've always tried to avoid use of drugs, except in the most extreme cases. I had a patient this morning who unfortunately uh, you know, didn't take strontium <laughs> as I had recommended, and she is kind of in trouble with her bone density. So I said, you know, maybe now it's time to take a medication, mm-hmm. but as a, as a last resort. Um, so... The, there's so many different types of medications, but the most common types of medications are what are called uh, the um, uh, bisphosphonates. Phosphonates, bisphosphonates, which include Actinel, Fosamax, Boniva, mm-hmm. and uh, they're now available in injectable form as mm-hmm. well as oral form. Mm-hmm. We know that they cause dental problems, oh, and yeah. osteonecrosis of the jaw. Mm-hmm. But it's a rare complication, but it's devastating when it happens. Yes. And dentists don't like to work on patients who have that. Right. Um, I know it's a big intake question. When I go to the dentist, yeah. I get asked that question. Yeah. You take it? Well, no. especially being a female, you know, it's like yeah. very, so many high percentage of women are on that. Yeah. So they don't want to work on you. So that's number one. Number two, the longer you use them, they will increase bone density, but they will increase the risk of what's called... Uh, crazy patholo- fracture. Crazy fracture, like a pathological fracture, where, which is due to increased bone fragility yes. at the time when you get more density. <clears throat> so, um, the um, problem with how they work is that we're supposed to have bone turnover. Bone is live tissue. But the bisphosphonates slow down that turnover so much that we're left with old, brittle bone. Mm-hmm. And that's what causes the freaky fracture in that 55-year-old who could be strap hanging on the subway, and the subway jerks just a little bit, right. and she fractures her femur. Right, right. She didn't do anything. She didn't fall down. She's been on Fosamax for eight years. Yeah. You know, which, yeah. Which now they don't want to do. Yeah. They used to say you could be on it the rest of your life. No, not no. true. All right. So here's another thing. This is a, a real blockbuster. Hmm. It's in you know I don't think I would report it if it was in a less reliable journal, but it's in Nature, which um, is one of the top published December 2021. Last time I checked, it's December 2021. Mm-hmm. So it's a common osteoporosis drug associated with increased rates of depression and anxiety. What drug are they talking about? Mm. They're talking about Fosamax. Ah. Um, so, and, and which applies to the whole category. What they found in the study was mm-hmm. quite amazing. Uh, they discovered that the, the reported risk of depressive Adverse drug reactions was found to be over 14-fold greater in patients taking alendronate under the age of 65. So it, it seemed to be worse in younger patients and a mere four-fold greater for patients over 65. So would you like to take a drug that increases your risk of anxiety and depression? Abs- absolutely now, not, and you couldn't pay me. Now, one thing <laughs> that I thought about, I said, well, maybe the people who take these drugs, they're a little bit more the nervous Nellies. You know, they're more okay. proactive Shall we say? Okay. Maybe a little have a little more health anxiety. That's why they Fair take the medication. Fair enough. But yeah. not not sixteen fold. Yeah. Not fourfold. That's a lot. You know, maybe like 
to 20%, 30%, even 50%, yeah. but so many times. And they go into this, and I'm not going to burden you with this because this is real, like heavy duty biochemi- biochemistry, but they speculate on some molecular mechanisms by which these things that work on the bone can affect the brain. Mm. So um, <clears throat> they really. Are neurotransmitters uh, involved in any of the yeah. biochemistry? Okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Because um, it would have everything to do with depression, anxiety, reaction, all of that type of thing. Well, that's very interesting. They, alendronate had the largest and statistically significant association to depression and anxiety of all by, by bisphosphonates. So anyway, so another thing that came to my attention today is, you remember I was talking about um, uh, new bone density tests that were better than the DEXA, because the DEXA yes. measures density. So I have this patient, and um, the patient reports a, um, a bad DEXA. And so I said, well, that's really bad. But she said, then I had another one with the new technique. Yes. I said, well, I've been talking about that. That's now available? She says, well, yeah, there's one place in New Jersey that does it. And, it's very exciting. Right. And do you recall the name of that test? Uh, I don't, but, uh, but it, it's, it's really measuring more truly bone the strength. The morphology and the, the yeah, structure the of the bone. The structure so of the bone, new rather than its density. Test, mm-hmm. um, which is, um, it's called, um, yeah, I wish I'd... I will report on that yeah. this year, and we may interview the person. Yes, yes. I think I sent you uh, the link, uh, or rather, uh, email. Keep talking. I can find the, that link. To the person. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's the uh, it's got the name and the doctor's name as well. I forwarded you the email from the patient about her contact information. I asked her to send it to me because I knew she'd be somebody you'd probably want to interview. So, so we may line that up and because that test is going mm-hmm. to be a more nuanced test. So, yeah. for example, two people who have, say, a minus 2.6, one person might be at very high risk of fracture mm-hmm. with an identical score, another person at low risk of fracture because of the structure of the bone. Yes, um, yes. And what I found interesting in this particular patient's numbers, the regular DEXA scan, the bone mineral density, showed like a negative 3.7, whereas the other, the newer test showed a negative 2.8. Now, that's so in other majorly words, so significant. So this person had a, a very bad DEXA. Yeah. But she had what mitigated that was the other test that said that the, the quality of the bone was good. Now, I mm. think she's still at risk, mm. but it, it was not as, as drastic. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really, that's really something. Yeah. And uh, it's exciting when these new technologies are on the horizon. For, yep. for us to benefit from better. You know, you and I were talking just last week that maybe 10 years from now, the bone mineral density test may be obsolete. Right. Because it's been controversial for the past few years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that the bone mineral density test may not be a correct measure of bone strength well, it, or quality. Quality is even more important, The pharmaceutical isn't it? companies Qual- love it because it indicates oh, sure. that so many women are at high risk of bone Everybody uh, on Fosamax. Yeah, is, so, you know... There may be some pushback against adopting the new test. There always is. Um, there's so many good tests out there that they don't adopt because the, quote, standard of care is, you know, like what they established 10 or 20 years ago yeah. that they rely upon. Yeah. Um, so anyway. All right. Okay. Um, so 
that's we'll have more details on that new osteoporosis test in 2022. Okay. Because that's certainly a subject of great interest to our listeners. So a good point was to pause before we start taking questions. Here goes. Does fatigue sometimes hold you back from doing the things you want to do? Studies show that your cellular health may start to decline as early as 25 years of age, increasing your fatigue. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with the only nutritional formula clinically proven to repair damaged cells and improve your body's natural energy production. It's NT Factor from Nutritional Therapeutics. NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it also reduces some of the side effects of aging. NT Factor is available in a variety of formulations tailored to your specific needs. I've been using NT Factor for years and prescribe it for my patients. With a 45-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Plus, during the entire month of December, you can enjoy 20% off the entire line of NT Factor products. To order, call 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158, or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com for 20% off site-wide during the entire month of December. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. They're what make Intelligent Medicine your continuing resource going forward into 2022. And um, so what's our question today. Uh, we've got a question from Lauren. <clears throat> I'm on immunosuppressive medications for a rare inflammatory condition. I recently learned my significant other is missing some childhood vaccines. Mm-hmm. Is there an age limit when you can get childhood vaccines? We're both 23 years old. As a mildly immunocompromised person, is there increased risk of disease transmission from unvaccinated people? It seems like this wouldn't be a major concern at my age, since the childhood vaccines protect against diseases more common in childhood. Thank you and love your show. And Lauren, I want you to know, when I went back to school to become a nutritionist in my mid-30s, I had to go get all those childhood vaccines all over again. Yeah. So, so there's no I age don't think limit. There's any age limit. There's no age limit. Yeah. You know, to go back to school, I needed to have my... Vaccines updated. You thought you dodged a bullet, but they made you do it, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what was the other part of the question where she thought... Yeah, as a mildly immunocompromised person, is there an increased risk of disease transmission from unvaccinated people? We're talking about childhood vaccines now. But it seems like this wouldn't be a major concern at my age since the childhood vaccines protect, protect against diseases more common in childhood. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, it, it, your, your, your measles shot is supposed to protect you, right? Yep, yep. So if you've had your measles vaccine, right, it's kind of that kind of thing. Or your chicken pox vaccine. Is there a chicken pox vaccine? I don't, I don't know. So that's something. But yeah, and at age 23, Lauren, uh, it, it is likely, Dr. Hoffman, what do you say? That they're probably, as long as she's vaccinated and protected with her childhood vaccines, that should be the end of the story. Yeah. I mean, there is yeah. an argument to be made that uh, when an adult catches a pediatric disease, it's more severe. So that may be the case with mumps. Ah. Uh, or, you know, when you get, and that's a little bit like COVID. Some of these diseases behave like COVID, like chickenpox in a very young child can be pretty uncomfortable, but it's not usually devastating. I mean, rarely there can be deaths, just like with COVID. Sure. 
Uh, but if an adult gets it, it's pretty darn serious. And mumps is another one of those diseases really? that you know, can be very serious in an adult. Mm. So, um, yeah. That's any- interesting. Okay. So, Lauren, thank you for that very thoughtful question. <clears throat> We've got an article here of a study from David. New type 2 diabetes treatment shows promise in first human study. Patients with type 2 diabetes who receive daily treatment with sodium phenylbutyrate for two weeks... That's a new one on me. Yeah. ...had significant improvements in peripheral insulin sensitivity and glucose oxidation. The treatment appeared safe, no reported adverse effects. Mm -hmm. And the results show for the first time in humans that treatment with an agent that cuts levels of branched-chain amino acids mm-hmm. by boosting their breakdown produces substantial so, benefits on glucose metabolism. Don't really know about this, but um, you know that butyrate sounds a little bit like it's a phenyl butyrate, so it's a modified butyrate. It sounds a little bit like what gets made in the intestinal tract right. from the breakdown of fiber. Hydroxybutyrate. It's a short-chain fatty acid, yeah, and that butyrate. may be beneficial for metabolism. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be something. Yeah, I, but I, this is a... Look, this is early. This is the use of some new chemical compound for treatment of, I guess, insulin resistance. Yeah. And, you know, it's not something that, you know, you can buy as a supplement. Right, right. It also significantly improved muscle mitochondrial oxidative capacity, whole body insulin stimulated carbohydrate oxidation, and reduced plasma levels of branched-chain amino acids. I mean, there, But it was a very small study. What's the stuff called? Sodium phenylbutyrate? Yes. Actually, it is available. I'm sorry, take it back. It is available as a supplement. Sodium um, phenylbutyrate. Sodium phenylbutyrate. Now, here are the limitations. There are only 16 people studied. Right. Three women and 13 men. Mm-hmm. And the study only focused on treatment effects in skeletal muscle and liver and did not assess fat tissue. And the background therapy was not uniform across all 16 participants. Yeah, I'm not sure it's available as a supplement. There is sodium butyrate is available, but not sodium phenylbutyrate. Yes, yeah. Okay, so I... And I believe there's a supplement called hydroxybutyrate. Right, right. That's also available. HMB, Mm -hmm. HMB, hydroxymethylbutyrate, which is sort of a... It's like kind of a... It's used in by bodybuilders. You know, it's sort of like one of those things that purports Ah. to make you more buff... Hmm. Um, could also be helpful maybe for those with inflammatory bowel disease because we're also trying to boost butyrate. It, it actually, and it's available as a medication for a rare disorder for a urea acid. Uh, um, um, it's it's a congenital disease, uh, chronic uh, urea acid cycle disorders involving deficiencies of a certain enzyme, which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. a neonatal onset deficiency disease. So it is available, and maybe they can repurpose it as a treatment for metabolism. Uh, they use it as an orphan drug for spinal muscular atrophy. They may use it for gliomas, brain tumors. Wow. Um, That's a, the most common brain it, tumor lately. It, it's an orphan drug for sick. Yeah, cell phones, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, what can I tell you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, 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 I mean, it's, it's a cheap chemical. It's available. It's, yeah. it's actually approved as a medication. Maybe it's got potential in metabolic disorders. I don't okay. think you can buy it over the counter. 
Okay, yeah. All right. The study was out of the Netherlands Maastricht University. Maastricht. Maastricht University. So, okay. Oh, we've got an interesting question here from Jean. Uh, dear Dr. Hoffman and Layla, in a recent podcast, I recall supplemental silica being mentioned. It reminded me of a recent article I read that made me a little concerned. The study suggested that silica in supplements causes lung fibrosis in Silicon rodents. Silicon or silica? Silica. But researchers okay, so examined the effect of silicon intake on lung morphology okay, of rodents. Google silicon versus silica. Hmm. Which I just did. Yeah. And it, silicon is the most abundant element on Earth. Uh. It is all rock and all sand, virtually, is has silicon yeah. as an element. It's yeah. an element. So it's an It's atom. on the periodic it's table. atom in the periodic yeah. table. Okay. Silica is made of silicon and oxygen atoms. Mm. So silica forms certain crystals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ah. you know, which is which is the one that's supposed to be bad? I wouldn't inhale either, you know. But is it is silicon taken orally is said to be bad? Yeah. Well, she's she's inquiring because her magnesium supplement has silica in it. Silica is okay to take orally. Yeah. I wouldn't inhale silica because no. silica it, it, there's this thing called silicosis, which oh. miners get, oh. and it it, it it inflames the lungs. So mm. you don't want silica in your lungs. Because if you look at it in a microscope, it looks like a little like daggers. It's very oh uh, like shards. Like titanium yeah. dioxide. And by the way, uh, mm-hmm. it, it silicon, you, you make glass from that. You know, it's, oh, it, yeah. Yeah, it, okay. it's through a certain process. So, um, hmm. so silica uh, is, uh, it actually silicon does not occur alone in nature. It says, um, very interesting. But, you know, I don't know. So I wouldn't worry about taking a silica supplement. We use it no. often in, uh, for... Don't, don't be a minor, Gene. R- for bone. For yeah. bone. It might have some bone benefits. It's oh, sure. Uh, good for skin. Like biosil. Yeah. You know, silica is good mm-hmm. for, for bone and, and all of that. horsetail is a source of organic silica. Hmm. Horsetail plant. Okay. So a lot of the supplements are mm-hmm. made from horsetail and they deliver silica, mm-hmm. which is safe in that form. So it's different from silicon. Like Silicon Valley, that's how yes. they make, whatever, they make uh, chips out of silicon. Right, right. Right. But that's, you don't want to eat those chips. No. Don't eat, don't eat your cell phone. Right, and don't inhale them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Gene, thank you for just, that question. Just for hours on end at it. <laughs> All right, so let's pause because we divide our podcast in two parts. It's already time to pause. I uh, want to wish you again a happy new year as we go forward. And what's, give us a preview of what we're going to tackle in part two. Could you suggest a few different breakfast foods for someone who has coronary artery plaque and is on a statin? Um, let's see. Got to get some really low cholesterol foods, right? We'll talk mm, about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is our weekly Q&A with Layla, the last one for 2021. Good riddance. Uh, <laughs> we'll be right back with more.